Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Doctor's companion. <laughs> Sorry, it was. I thought it was a musical question. You sang it, and I responded. <laughs> I'm Scott Corelli, and I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And we're from MindRobber.net to the home side of MindRobber Productions, where we talk about all the things uh, like Doctor Who on this podcast, the Doctor's Companion, and everything else that isn't Doctor Who on our flagship podcast, the Mind Robbers. And if you like our shows, you should review them on iTunes, um, especially if you like them. If you don't, don't bother. Uh, and if you have, que- I'm just being honest. I'm just, I feel like honesty is the best policy here. Uh, if you have, qu- keep your bad reviews to yourself. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or any other sort of cool thing you feel like sharing, such as uh, letting us know that you you kept listening to the last 10 minutes of our last episode, uh, thanks, <laughs> thanks to the email from Alice Collins. Thank you. I think she's... Based on her, uh, based on her email address, I think she's from New Zealand. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. thanks to uh, thanks to Alice for letting so, us know that you kept listening. <laughs> that's New Zealanders one. really like to finish things out. I think is what that's, we learned from that. That's one. That's well. I look. If the Lord of the Rings movies are anything to base New Zealanders on. <laughs> They're all very say, short. Yeah, and they they have, like to finish things out. Yeah, and they're very short, and they have very hairy feet. Like, very <laughs> hairy. <laughs> oh, maybe not that part. Oh, oh right. Yeah, let's, let's, I, let's, I'm let's, really take, just let's talking not take about, that lesson from Lord of the Rings. I'm really just talking about Peter Jackson. Oh, oh uh, okay. <laughs> uh, so thank you, Alice Collins, for emailing us. If you want to email us, you can email us at podcastofmindrobert.net. And if you want to start a discussion about this episode, as I'm sure you'll want to, because uh, I'm sure we're going to get lots of hate comments and emails about this, at least directed toward me, um, <laughs> you can leave those on the website. Uh, on the website, guys, mindrubber.net. On the website, don't leave a review. <laughs> Let us engage in the conversation. If it's a review, yes. then it becomes that's very... Co- that's an attack. Yeah. That's an attack. It's very passive-aggressive, because you know we can't respond to reviews except here, and you know that you can't respond when we're here. So it's, uh, let's, let's, let's break that cycle. Let's just yeah. break that cycle. Stop leaving reviews in response to things that we say on the show. <laughs> just leave comments from now on. Okay, so... We're talking about The Angels Take Manhattan, which is the fifth episode of the seventh series, uh, the last one until Christmas. Uh, so ends this chunk of New Who that we uh, we we got. Um, okay, uh, you go. <laughs> you 
you you go first. What what are your your overall thoughts on the episode before we get into specifics? Okay, um, I'll just come out and say this. Uh, I'm gonna come down hard on this. Uh, it's again, it's because I really love the show and I demand the best from the show and I demes- and I demand the best from uh, uh, from people who from the from the people behind quote unquote some of the two of the best companions ever. Um, so I'm gonna come down on this. That said, I I I, I enjoyed it. Um, I I was, but it left me feeling very cold. It didn't left me, leave me feeling a whole lot. That said, uh, anything that can make me cry at the end uh, is is good. And I feel, and I th- there was one part of this uh, that that got me really good both times because I watched it twice. Um, but I have a lot of thoughts and. People are saying this is excellent, and again, I'm going to be this anyway's reason to completely disagree. Um, I think that there's some good in this, but I also think that it's it's uh, deeply problematic, uh, deeply deeply problematic um, uh, for a lot of a lot of reasons. Uh, and I feel like you're going to come down harder than this on <laughs> you go. So I'll leave all the rest of my thoughts for later, but know that uh, I I did I did like it but in terms of like it's a fitting send off for the pawns no god no 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 god no um but we'll talk about it so that's what i think okay um i liked one part of this which we'll talk about later uh and it's the one part of this that had nothing to do with this episode uh and i think if you think longer than than half a second you'll know the thing that i'm talking about um really like that hated this episode hated it is it better than the wedding of river song yes because at least it has makes some sort of logical sense or at least tries to uh but it sucked it was not good it was not good um it's everything about noir films that annoy you and are as like on the nose uh as you could possibly do uh, Moffat did all of them, and they're not fun, and they're lazy and boring, and this episode was lazy and boring, and I hated it. It was awful. So, <laughs> that was, this, it sucked. This was, this sucked. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, the first time I watched it, I was just like, kind of on board and hoping that it came all, it all came around at the end and, uh, and it didn't. And watching it the second time, knowing that it didn't come all, doesn't come around at the end. I just, I hated it. I hated it. Yeah. That's the thing I find most about this season is, um, the more that Moffat goes for splashy surprise, the less rewatchable these things get. And I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know how many times people are watching these, but like the, the first time I watched all the episodes this season, um, I, I inevitably thought less of them on the second watch, um, except for, I think, the Western, um, which, again, makes me weird. Um, but all of them played less good the second time, and this is no exception by any stretch of the imagination. And the I sec- think this is – I actually think this is the weakest of the season, um, which says a lot, but – I do I, think it's the weakest. I think it's wor- I I definitely think it's worse than uh, uh, Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. I really do. Because at least Dinosaurs on a Spaceship isn't trying to be... Good. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> right. It's not trying to be something that it's not. 
know? No, you're 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 right about that. And this, this is absolutely attempting to be. It's attempting to be like this classic Who episode, and it's just not. Yes, and I. It's, I, it's a really generic episode up until the end, mm-hmm. and then it's become something else. Yeah, and I, I, I agree. I think that, like, the thing about dinosaurs that you have to understand, and why, I mean, people uh, hated me for my lack of liking of whimsy, is that uh, dinosaurs on a spaceship aspired to the premise and gave exactly the premise. Uh, mm-hmm. This story aspired to be so much more and needed to be so much more. Like, this needed to be a real capper. Like, it needed to be a real capper, and that it wasn't is really saying something um uh and and that's i mean that's unfortunate and like it's like i mean far be it from i'm I'm usually in the camp of oh well at least they tried something but what were they trying like they weren't i don't see moffat doing anything new here at all um really at all so nothing the only thing new in this were uh uh the uh the uh the cherubs like that's it Mm mm-hmm that's the only thing new in this. Yeah, the new f- forms of weeping angels and yeah, and like the weeping but like cherubs or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But real quick, again, if you're gonna introduce something as like massive as say uh, a weeping angel statue of liberty, you better as hell do something more than just have it sit there. Okay, uh- here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Okay, all right. You know what? We're gonna start talking about that in in in. Let me let me get through the the IST spot, and then we'll that's what we'll start with. Uh, all right. So before we continue, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com, where you can purchase our book of the month, Wednesday Comics, featuring uh, lots of stories from lots of A list uh, A list talent, including Neil Gaiman, who wrote The Doctor's Wife, and many many more. Uh, you can get it for twenty nine ninety nine. It's sort of a walk through the DC universe. Gives you a taste of a little bit of everybody in a like Sunday, uh, like Sunday comics kind of feel, um, like like newspaper comics sort of. But it's all like DC heroes. Uh, you get it for forty percent off the suggested retail price of forty nine ninety nine. So at twenty nine ninety nine, go buy twenty more dollars worth of stuff, and you get free shipping because your order is over fifty dollars. So thanks to InStockTrades.com. Okay, here's the thing: <laughs> Statue of Liberty, not made of stone, not a not a weeping angel. BS. BS. The whole point is that they turn into stone when you're looking at them. The Statue of Liberty is not stone. Also, when is anyone in New York not looking at the Statue of Liberty? <laughs> Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And even if someone for, for like uh, 30 seconds happened to not look at the Statue of Liberty, God knows someone would look back. <laughs> oh, my God. There are how many people in New York City? Not one person was looking at the Statue of Liberty. It was a different time. It was a different time. (laughs) Awful. 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 That is just the definition of Moffat just trying to be bigger than his britches. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. God. Think about it for longer than two seconds, Moffat. Please. (laughs) And it's Write like, multiple drafts for the love of God. And it's also like it's the same thing where where okay, fine, you want to do the Statue of Liberty. I can see a version of this story in which that works, but 
to have it do nothing. Ghostbusters Part Two because it didn't work there either. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure it probably did something more than it did in this episode. Like it did, it did nothing. It did nothing. This should have been. This should have just taken place in Detroit, and it should have been the RoboCop statue. That's what should have happened. <laughs> because that would have been awesome. <laughs> RoboCop Weeping Angel? Yes. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I'd kickstart that. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Continue. No, I mean, it's just like, it's the same thing with Asylum of the Daleks. Like, the reason that... Okay, fine. Asylum of the Daleks. All right, we are five weeks out of fi- Asylum of the Daleks. Four, actually. We're only four weeks out of Asylum of the Daleks. And already, that show is fading... That episode is fading from memory and fast. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I mean, we, I mean, listen to us. We really liked it at the time. If I went back and watched it, I'm sure I'd have a pretty good time. But that story did not, did not do as much with that premise as it possibly could. And we're going to talk about something that does that, uh, on a mind robbers coming up. Um, so keep, keep your eyes out for that. But when you come up with an idea, please explore the idea to the fullest extent of that idea. Like just mm-hmm. please do that. And don't leave things on the table. Asylum of the Dollars, I think, did a did an did an okay of job of exploring some of its concepts. This did nothing. Like this again, the Statue of Liberty did nothing. It was there for a for a um, a, a teaser out. Like that was their way of getting out of the teaser. And the, and the rest of the time okay. It... <laughs> Let's talk about the teaser, <laughs> which was which was fine the first time. It was a comp- It's a complete waste of three minutes. Five minutes. It's five minutes. Five minutes? Oh, my God. Complete yeah. waste of time. Yeah. Has yeah. nothing to do with anything other than the fact that it spoils the entire plot of the entire episode. Yeah. And, and, and five minutes. Spoils everything. <laughs> right. Everything and, that happens. Everything. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's and at five minutes, okay, at five minutes, and this is the whole problem with this season and why I'm calling this first five episodes a failure. Um, we are dealing with the departure of the pawns. Holy crap, it's a big deal. You're, this is our last 45 minutes with the pawns, and one out of every nine minutes of this episode is spent with characters who have nothing to do with the plot. Nothing. Or the oh. characters that we know. And, like, can you imagine? Like, imagine that, like, in, in other stories. And I kind of I kind of want to save all the talk of the pawns for the back half of this, if that's okay. Um, cause yeah, I think, sure. Yeah, because I think that they... Deserve... I just want to talk about the, the episode yeah. itself yeah. until the end. Exactly. Yeah. Right, right, right. Then we're on the same page. See, Scott and I, we're on the same page. Um, <laughs> as usual. Um, but, like, why would you open with this teaser? And especially to do something... Like, like, you just, you spoil all the surprises. Like, you spoil every single possible surprise that you could possibly have in this episode in the first five minutes. And it's like, okay, are you telling me that you, Moffat, couldn't have added another five minutes to this with Amy, River, the Doctor, and, the, and, and Rory? Like, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Well, here's my question. Why are we following uh, uh, Joe Gumshoe around for five minutes when we could be following around River, if nothing else? Yeah, and it's also like if, it's also- if nothing else set up the fact that like River is in New York in 1938 for some reason. Mm-hmm. And it's also and it's also a question of like, okay, uh, how do River and Amy, as the writers of the book, know about this detective at all? Because that's not made clear ever. Um, and that's like, and it's just like, and it's just like, why? Like you do that because it's a it's a splashy, flashy opening, and because. 
clearly Moffat is trying to write a detective novel, as you see in all of this. But it just, <laughs> but it doesn't. I mean, it just it's 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 ridiculous. Like it's it's like the silliest thing I can think of. Like it's, it just doesn't make any sense. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's awful, and it's a waste of money. Oh, because oh. you have made that guy Joe Gumshoe. You have made him a uh, a guest star. And as a result of being a guest star, he gets a very large paycheck that <laughs> if you had just made it River, you wouldn't be paying anybody. Sure, sure. You would have saved the budget of this episode like five grand. Yeah. And how many? And Easily how many... five grand. Probably a lot more, honestly. <laughs> and how many And how many characters were actually in this? Like, it was a very minimalist piece in terms of character work. Like, you literally have... Um, uh, the ponds, the doctor and river. You have the purveyor of the of the. You have the of, collector guy, yeah. and then you have his right hand man guy mm-hmm. that the, that throws Rory into the basement and then is never seen or heard from again. Sure, sure, and like I mean that's almost glorified extra work. Like that's almost glorified extra work. But even even if it's him, you have seven people, and now you have Joe Gumshoe who's in for five for five um five pages getting paid pay, getting paid scale. For a day's work, like, it's just, it's so silly. Like, it's such a waste. Maybe a day's work. Yeah. If you're lucky, it's a day's work. Yeah, and, Probably was a lot more than one day. And they had to That fl- was a lot of sets in, yeah. that, in that first five minutes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, that happened. <laughs> it's like... Oh, my on, God, I hate that teaser. I hate uh, it. Yeah, on the second, on second watch, man, that teaser is not very good. It's not very good. Because it's like, I mean, and compare it, okay? Compare the teaser here to the teaser of, like, Army of Ghosts or Doomsday. Okay, Army of Ghosts, Doomsday. Fine. A little melodramatic. But I swear to God, the people who say that that's a little, that's too melodramatic, like, wouldn't you rather have that than what we got? Like, wouldn't you rather, like, there is no, there are very little hints all through this that Amy and Rory are leaving. And it's like, uh, why would you, why would you... Like, why would you make a big deal about it and not actually make a big deal about it? You know, it's just, it's so silly. It's so silly. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's bizarre. It's really bizarre. It, it just, I just, like, not even comparing it to Russell T. Davies. Like, just taking it on its own. It's just a waste of time. And it's, it, it ruins the episode thematically. Like, completely ruins it. Where you have this Joe Gumshoe guy running into into his older self, watching himself die, and that whole thing plays out, so that when it happens again with Rory, okay, you're like, yeah, saw that, been there, yeah, saw it, yeah. This this doesn't at okay. This means nothing to me. Can you imagine the utter surprise if that just happened? Like if, 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 if exactly, or, and then the surprise of the statue of Liberty, like at least then, like then, then you're dealing with something at least, but not here. Um, not here at all. Um, that's a bummer. Uh, let's also say, uh, I'll say this. Uh, I, uh, I have to applaud Moffat for trying to do something new with the weeping angels. That said, this was easily the worst use of the Weeping Angels I've ever seen. Like, oh, fuck. it's... I, I, I'm sure there's probably fanfic out there that's better than this. 
this was awful. Like, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't – it makes no sense. Okay. Let's talk about their plot. Their plot, their evil plot here, uh, the Battery Hotel, which is basically the angels feed off of time displacement. That's what they feed off of. So they touch someone, send them back in time, and that energy that's left behind feeds them. So they've built this hotel where they keep people uh, and they just – well, they send them back in time and then they just keep them in this hotel – so that the, they, they trick the, the young version of them to see their older self die. So then they're trapped in the hotel forever mm-hmm. is basically what the thing is. At some point, I think the doctor says that they keep sending them back in time over the, and over again. Yeah, the I don't idea, really know how that works. The idea is that every time that these guys try to escape from the hotel, the angels just zap them back again. And then just feed on that eternal cycle of escape and oh, catch and release. Which I mean, okay. makes sense. All right, so. so that until basically until they give up and then they just live out the rest of their days in bed, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so all right, fine. Here's my question How are they feeding these people? <laughs> it's a simple question. Person has to live for 70 plus years. How do they feed these people? How do they feed these people that are apparently feeding them? How do they feed them? Uh, Somebody answer me that question. Do they call up you know, pizza delivery? Like what? What do they do? Chinese was pizza, was pizza was Chinese takeout available in the in the mid thirties? I don't know. I don't think it was. Some someone someone. Let's explore this a little bit. Let's explore that. Like <laughs> I don't. I just don't. No, because it's the, here's the thing. If Chinese takeout was available in the thirties, you know, I wouldn't. Thirties wouldn't be as bad. You know, not as bad. <laughs> just, I'm just making an observation. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, yeah. it, do, it, it, it just doesn't. It and just the, doesn't make any sense. And the actual, there's pit, a, and that's that. There's a lot more things that don't make any sense, but we'll get there. Yeah, but but like even, I mean, I'll just take it a bit further. Like even then, okay. The big key point of this episode at the very end is this idea that. Um, uh, Rory can cause a paradox that will unmake this entire place. Okay, that's that's fine, but I don't see how the paradox would unmake the building. Like I don't. Then maybe maybe I'm just not an expert in time paradoxes, but I don't see how that would actually do that. Nope. Yes. <laughs> nope. Yeah. You know what else Paradox wouldn't do? What? Send them magically back to a cemetery. <laughs> oh, and why that cemetery? That's a that's a fair question. They're like, because the story started there. Why? It actually started uh, at, at Central Park, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, uh, can we... Uh, okay. I get the fact that the, that particular time period... And, and okay, so the angels send back the pawns to 1938 knowing that the TARDIS can't go there to save them because of the ta- the paradox and it's just it's too tied in knots and so like the the TARDIS just can't penetrate that time period fine so why can't the doctor show up in 19 1939 or 1940 <laughs> or 41 
Oh, well, it's because the the gravestone says that they died. Oh, okay, that's fine. They can't make a gravestone that says that they died and put it in the cemetery and he go save them anyway? Yeah. Well, I think that I think that the idea is that um is that once you are zapped back in time by an angel and are put in, made into a fixed point in time, the Doctor can actually interfere with that timeline. The only reason Why? That the Doctor can interfere with that timeline in Blink is because the Doctor was a part of that timeline. The Doctor himself was zapped. But why can't he? Why? I don't know. Okay. I don't See, know. And that's, 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 nope. Not good enough. <laughs> you, get, but you, get, you can tell me that that's what it is. You need to tell me why. Yeah. Why can't he? Yeah. Why? Yeah. yeah. Because I'm pretty sure, pretty sure, uh, for as long as Doctor Who will be on the air from now until, you know, God only knows. Till television ends. Is the show never, ever, ever, ever going to to visit World War Two? I have no uh, I doubt Ever it. again? Well, if it's Stephen Moffat, God knows the guy did World War Two what, three times in two seasons? So mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, just saying like he can go see the ponds again. Also, why can't he ever see them again? OK, fine. He can't save them out of that time period. Why can't he visit? <laughs> as long as he's not affecting anything like I mean, he affects all kinds of things. He goes and talks to famous people all the time and yeah. almost marries them and stuff like <laughs> which is which is kind of serious. Yeah, that's pretty serious. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, why can't he just go for dinner and be like, oh, hey, just visiting. <laughs> hey, guys, what's up? How you doing? What's going on? Okay, so so that that's bad enough, and I hate that. But I also hate, I hate Moffat's vision for the Doctor. Not even necessarily Doctor Who. I mean, we know my feelings on that. But as the Doctor himself, as a character... I hate that he paints a picture of the doctor being this selfish little jerk that doesn't want to see people get old because it bothers him. <laughs> I like what? Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought I thought exactly the same thing. I thought exactly the same thing. Like like don't let the doctor see you age. Why not? Like, are you ki- for someone who's as old as he is? He doesn't like to see people get old. It's, That's it's, uh, really Moffat. Little... That's your version of the Doctor. That's who he yeah. is. It's it's a little silly. It's a little uh, a little a lot silly. Uh, it's it's more than silly. It's yeah. like ageist well, or something. Like it's it's yeah. offensive. Yeah, and and it's like and it's like you. You'd think you wouldn't have a problem, especially because, like, the pawns themselves are getting old. I mean, they're post- they're supposedly, like, ten years older now in this episode after Power of Three than they were in the last episode. Um, or, or when they started, I mean, in the 11th hour, which is, uh, I mean, that's interesting, but that tells you that the whole Peter Pan thing is happening. Um, and it's like, okay... Because I was shocked the first time, and I, it would actually bother me the second time. But when the doctor reads the the chapter titles, he gets to Amelia's final ter- farewell. He has a temper tantrum, like an actual tantrum about not wanting to see her go, to the point where it's honestly like a little sociopathic. Like I'm shocked he's not doing the OC hit himself in the face thing. Um, you know, like it's it's, yeah. it's it's bizarre. Like it's really really bizarre, and it's like and it's like. 
why are you shocked that this is happening? You've known this is coming, and how can you tell me you're not ready yet? You've been preparing yourself for years at this point. Like, years and, why, and years Why and years. do we have to, like, okay, here's the thing. If you make the pawns, as Moffat has done, and, and anyone who says otherwise hasn't been paying attention, Moffat, according to Moffat and the continuity that he has suggested... The pawns are the single most important companions the Doctor has ever had in his entire life. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that say about every companion that's come before and now every companion that comes after? Yeah. Now you're saying now that the Doctor won't – he's not going to throw a fit like that for any companion after this. What does that say about them? It's uh, it's uh, it says it's really unfortunate. Like I don't see the doctor doing that for River. I mean, I know that he already experienced it, but like it's just it's just bizarre. Like I've never seen the doctor act so like this over a companion. He gets really heartbroken, but like in this, he's like, I mean, he's he starts throwing the book around. Like he starts like he's uh, angry. Yeah, and it's like it's like it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. And then for him to be for him to get to the ending, he watches. Rory and Amy jump off the the building, and then by the end, that he doesn't expect this to come. Like, he's already said that reading anything in the book makes this happen. When he reads Amy's final farewell, I I get that he'd be really upset, but I don't see, like, why at the end he'd be like, oh, well, I'm so, like, I'm so devastated by this. Like, you clearly know this is coming. Like, you clearly know this is coming, and you've been you've been saying goodbye to these people for so so many times i mean not to skip ahead too much but like you already said goodbye to the pawns you said that in the god complex you 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 kicked them and out that's how it should have ended they never should have come back yeah yeah that was their ending yeah you should have like, like these these five episodes and wedding of river song never should have happened yeah yeah, I'll even I'll even give them the closing time throwaway. I'll I'll even give them that. But the rest of this, like, it's just it's just insane. Like it's it's the most it's the most ridiculous like uh, clutching at uh, just things that are crumbling away from you. That it's it's, it's no, amazing. No, because you know what it is. It's just Moffat and the BBC being too afraid to let go of of the most popular companions ever. Or currently. That, <laughs> or currently. Well, 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 no, no, ever. Because they're worldwide. Worldwide the most popular ever. Sure. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I mean, they're, they, they're money makers for the BBC as a result. Like this, since Moffat has taken over Doctor Who, like Doctor Who has become a money making phenomenon and they're afraid of changing things because if they change things, it might not play in America because – England and and old school Doctor Who fans are used to the Doctor changing and companions changing. That's just a thing that happens with the show. Mm-hmm. America is not used to that. They're used to watching shows where everything stays the same for eight years and then it goes off the air forever. Yeah. That's yeah. what they're used to. So that's what they're trying to hang on to. So they didn't want to get rid of the pawns because I think they're afraid of what it'll do to ratings in America. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly think think that's what it is. Because look, at the end of the day, 
Americans are, are, are I'm, Americans are great for lots of things. Change is not one of those things that no, we're no. so good at. No, we're not good at change at all. <laughs> no. So that's why Doctor Who is like the opposite of a show that should be popular in America. It doesn't make any sense for it to be popular in America. That's why there's so many American fans that were fans of Tenet who refused to watch Matt Smith or or refused to accept him as the Doctor. They think he's awful because he's different from Tenet. Yeah. And it's and and it's the same people who when the new companion shows up this Christmas, you're going to hear tons of people being like, "Well, it's not Amy and it's not Rory." <laughs> And at it's, the end, of the, the, I, I'm done with this show. This show sucks now because yeah. it's not it's not what I'm used to. And at it's the end, of the, and at the end of the day, like here's my question: How much of Amy's personality is based on Karen Gillan just being as good as she is? Because um, she's quite good. I mean, Amy has had very little characterization in this entire season. Period. Bottom line. Mm-hmm. Even in this episode, her finale, she has very little characterization. Um, which is, which is, which is really shocking. Like, really shocking for a guy who, uh, who says that, uh, who is very, very proud of the pawns. Um, as, I mean, I, I believe in my heart of hearts that, that Stephen Moffat is very proud of his creations, and sure, but I, I mean, I, I give Stephen Moffat crap all the time. He is more than allowed to be big fans of his own creations. I mean, otherwise he wouldn't be able to write them. That's fine. But, what makes like what makes Amy special in this outside of Rory? Like not even traveling with the Doctor, not even traveling with the Doctor. Like Amy is only important because of her relationship to Rory. And compare that to where she started, like to where she started back in the eleventh hour when Amy, you know, was traveling with Rory or without Rory for the longest time, like for most of that season. In fact, like she was, she was really quite good. But it's almost like introducing the married couple in the TARDIS was the worst thing to ever happen to Amy. Which is bizarre, um, but I'll talk more about that in, when we get to Amy um, and Rory. Uh, what's oh, what's oh, the other thing I wanted to mention about the Doctor while we're on him as a subject? Uh, two things. One, uh, I was done with River Song, and I'm still done with River Song. <laughs> Just because yeah. I don't like their relationship is bizarre. Like it's no, I still don't understand how they're married. Why are they married? Yeah. Why? Why is that a thing that happened? Yeah, and why Other is... than because you said it had to, Mr. Writer Man. Yeah, and, like, and, and, and the Doctor is like... It, the Doctor in this is a far cry from where he was in The Wedding of River Song. Like, in The Wedding of River Song, when he's, like, talking trash at her and, talking and like, really insulting her to her face, and here he's, like, he takes a minute to, like, smooth out his hair before he goes out, and then is, like, being weirdly flirtatious with her, like... I, I remember him being very resentful of River's song when he when he ma- quote unquote married her and talking about the marriage and it's like the way that they treat the marriage I get that Moffat wants it to come off as a as a playful fun innocent marriage but the thing about it is like that just that just makes them both look like they're not taking it seriously at all like it's a mm-hmm. farce like it's a lie like it's a sham and that's like really insulting I find I'm sorry I know I'm gonna get hate mail or comments for that. But it is really insulting for people to really like River Song and to be okay with this farce of a marriage, which both the Doctor and River almost treat as a, oh, my husband's coming. Like, that's the most, like, I don't know. They're playing house. Yeah, it's so, it's so sick. It's very sick. Yeah, they're just playing house, and it doesn't make any sense, and there's no reason for it. And it's just, ugh. 
And, like, you know that it's not real when he's, like, uh, you know, at the end of the episode, he's like, River, you should travel with me. If I if you don't want me to be alone, be my companion for a while. And she's like, uh, no. <laughs> what? That's your husband. You don't want to spend time with your husband? And fine. Okay, it's a, it's a sham. What else has River Song ever wanted to do with her life? Period. Based on what she's said, she's like, all I've ever wanted to do is travel with the doctor. And she's just like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. It's like, how, like, if there are any River Song fans left, and I'm pretty sure there are, how is that not a, the biggest slap in the face to you that you've ever seen? Like, that is, that is so insulting to the character. Like, deep, I, I didn't think Moffat could ruin her character more, and in the span of two lines, he took her down a whole nother grade. Like it's mm-hmm. it's out it's outstanding. Like it's 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 remarkable. Um, and it's just like not not only oh god, not <laughs> not only not only does is that bad. That's bad enough. But then to add insult to injury, she doesn't even like him. <laughs> like all she does is talk about how awful he is. <laughs> like uh, he doesn't like people getting old. And uh, now I'm aging and like, he's not going to love me anymore. You guys just got married. You just got married. <laughs> you just got married five episodes ago. <laughs> and you, he already doesn't love you anymore. And he hasn't seen you since then. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that's, that's awful. That's pretty bad. It's just Also, I didn't know that the doctor could hear broken wrists like magic. That's... That's a that's a hell of a thing to be able to do. <laughs> to introduce that to many years. Okay, devil's advocate on this. You could argue that because River is part something, time something, based on something back in season sure. six, that that's a yes. thing. That said, oh my god, Mavit needs to stop with his regeneration fetishization of that. It's not mm-hmm. needs to go away. Um, no, no, no. That's the thing. That's the thing. Okay. It should be, uh, I don't, maybe not, fet- maybe fetishize isn't the right word, but it should be a big freaking deal. Yeah. You know what it's not anymore? Anything remotely close to a big freaking deal. Yeah. He has ruined that now. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, two, two things about that same scene. One, still don't understand what she's getting so mad about. You healed my wrist. How dare you? I'm going to go pout now. What? How about how about you healed my wrist? Thank you. I know that Thanks. meant a lot to you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. That's a healthy relationship right there. What I just said. That's a healthy yeah. relationship. Yeah. Two, uh, what do you mean he chose the face of a 12-year-old? What do you mean he chose the face? <laughs> He regenerated into that face. He didn't choose it. I seem to remember just before him, he regenerated, he said, I don't want to go. <laughs> he might have. Why not just choose the same face over again if that's the case? I'm right. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. What do you mean he chose? <laughs> only, ti- only time ladies can choose, which... Uh, I, I'm not crazy about that either. But I'll give it to them if they want to go but, uh, there. 
you know what? They set it up in in continuity in the seventies. Fine, time ladies, female time lords can choose what they look like. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Sure. Thank but you. the point is that time lord men cannot. Yeah. Thank you, Douglas Adams, for that massive mess up. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I'm so yeah, bitter about but, that story. Well, but whatever. It happened. It's yeah. a thing. Yeah, fine. I can't do anything about it. If you want to do that, fine. But none of that You chose what you look like. That's really... And then that's really... That turns him into even more of an egomaniac where, like, he wanted to look this way and he, think, and now, and he thinks he looks good. So it's like... That's like that's a it's a weird statement. That's I, that's it. I mean, that's uh, Stephen Moffat seems to think that the Doctor is an egomaniac, <laughs> which is which is great because I think Stephen Moffat thinks of that as like an endearing, char- char- charming quality. I just I just happen to not agree at all. Um. Yeah, and and as far as I can tell. Neither does River, and yet she married him and is in love with him? And is in love with him, and and really pretty much almost destroyed the universe to make that happen. Uh, Which, which at a a pure base romantic level, fine. You almost destroyed the universe to to make someone marry you. We already talked about that. But to to make this happen and then to be so bitter about it is remarkable. Like, really remarkable and and, and outstanding. Um, <laughs> also, also it it it's it seems to be that we're setting up uh the idea that as, as far as I can tell and maybe I'll be wrong maybe I'll be proven wrong you know 3 years from now <laughs> when I, Matt Smith is no longer the doctor and we have another doctor but at the rate we're but going <laughs> but at the rate we're going okay at the rate we're going it seems to me that Matt Smith's doctor is the only doctor that that River has ever seen other than when she died and met David Tennant's doctor. Which she hasn't experienced it, yet. Right. It, in that episode, she recognized her, her, her husband immediately. But, and it, and it made it seem like it was no big deal that he had another face. But if Matt Smith's doctor is the only doctor that she ever knows, be kind of a big deal. Be yeah. kind of a big deal. <laughs> and then and then in the, in the in the Time of Angels two-parter, she talked about how she like has seen all of his faces going forward and blah 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 and she knows what all of them look like and blah blah blah. And and it really doesn't seem like that's the case to me. Mhm. Because I feel like she would be mentioning it more, I guess. Sure. That it's just like, that it's that it's this one again. Yeah. You know, like, I feel like she would be pointing out things like, you know, like, uh, wait until you're the guy in the hoodie or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm throwing out hoodie as just like a thing that a future doctor might be wearing. Maybe. Sure. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. But I'm just saying, like, wait until you're the guy in the... Or, I like the guy in the hoodie better. Or something like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like she would be pointing things like that out more. Yeah. Than she is. Yeah. And I understand that it makes it hard and to fit into continuity and all of that because you don't know who's going to be the next doctor in real life. Mm-hmm. But it just... It just... That's the pro. That's That's the... That's the biggest problem with River Song as a character. They should have just done. I, I liked it better when it was 
they're literally meeting completely in reverse. This whole wishy-washy thing with let's kill Hitler completely ruined everything about her character. You had a clean cut yeah. before. Yeah. She was cl- now you're saying Angels Take Man Take Manhattan takes place between Time of Angels and Silence uh, of the Library. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, now everything's messed up and yeah. confusing. And when I, before you had a very neat timeline where it was just her end is his beginning and his beginning is her end. Yeah. Like, and, and, and it's it, perfect. Yeah, and it, and it was so beautiful. Like, God, how many times have I gone back to the Impossible Astronaut where he's like, where, where she says we're moving in reverse and, like, you just feel your heart breaking because it works oh. so well. It's awesome. But now, but now it's just like, now it's just like, I don't know. I think what happened is, and I mean, I'm sorry, Moffat lovers, but I'm sorry. Stephen Moffat just got lazy. He figured out that that's way too hard and way too complex and takes way too much time to try and keep all that together. So I was just like, eh, it doesn't matter. And that's like, that's really, that's really insulting for a guy who we all claim treats his audience like they're smart. Because now he's kind of just thrown up his hands and just like, eh, screw it, we're getting an adventure with, with River Song. Aren't you happy? And it's like, no, not really. Like, not really at all. Um, yeah. And that's like, and I, I've, I'm, I mean, it's, it's insulting. Like, it's really like, you shouldn't be going for the cheap right now. Like, you should be really mm-hmm. making it make sense. But like, you have River in this uh, because the pawns are leaving. Um, more on that in a second. Um... But like, there's no, there's no point. Like, like it's like, it's like her parents are leaving forever. You'd think she'd care. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you'd think, you'd think she'd care. And it's like, it's just the Moffat thing where it's like the guy just, for the life of him. And I don't know how the hell this guy wrote the last episode of Coupling, which brought me to tears numerous times long after I'd stopped caring. And you'd think that like the pawns would get me in that sort of like way, but. How is it that that guy is so far removed from trying from being able to to strike emotional resonance? Hell, he did it like last season a number of times when um w- with the with the we're going in reverse line like mm-hmm. that's I mean the guy gets it but it's like he's just on coming undone and completely losing sight of the fact that stories are built on characters and real life emotions and going for these complex puzzles and it just it's it's bizarre it's really bizarre and I don't understand it's like. There's the hollow of drama, and it just doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't gel. It just doesn't gel. Period. Bottom line. Um, mm-hmm. That's unfortunate. I have one thing to mention before we jump into the pawns because I am almost out of stuff. But I, I must admit, I like the book in conceit. I like the way that Moffat structures the episode with his um, cross cutting between the book and um, what's happening with uh, Amy and the, the doctor. problem with the the problem with the book is that River wrote it. That's the problem. Yeah, I mean, and it's also like that you know. For some reason, they're like the the this book is nonfiction. It's like, well, it's written. That doesn't make it. <laughs> that doesn't make it a history. Book. Yeah, and and it's like, and the doctors goes. Now we have to follow it. It's like, why? Like, why do you have to follow it all of a sudden? No, and and like when when uh, Amy reads the book and is like, oh, she she has to break her wrist now because you read the book and it says that she broke her wrist. No. We just had to say that she needed to. She doesn't actually have to break her wrist because I never read that she breaks her wrist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not a thing that happened. Yeah. I never said, and then River breaks her wrist. Mm-hmm. That never happened. Those words never came out of Amy's mouth. Yes. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the biggest problem with it. And I mean, I appreciate the, um, we're all stories that Moffat's still going for with the pawns. And I mean, you mentioned it last week that, 
Um, it is kind of like a, a, a close book on the fairy tale story aspect of the Pons as stories. But I think that it just needed a better writer. Because um, <laughs> it was there. Um, but not really. Um, so I, I kind yeah. of liked it. I liked I like the conceit. I just didn't think it was used very well. It was used very much like a like a like a really lazy writer tool. Like that's all it was at the end. It was just like a way to keep the plot moving. Um, mm-hmm. It was just uh, not the way you should be using this sort of thing. No, no. Okay, so uh, let's go down the list. Uh, Moffat has ruined the Doctor. He's ruined. <laughs> Ri- he's ruined River. Uh, now let's talk about the pawns. Um, <laughs> So, uh, I remember in, like, by the end of Series 5, I was just like, I, because at the time, um, at the time, I was, I'm, I, I was a diehard Martha fan. Like, I loved the Doctor and Martha. Like, I loved that idea. Because I love the idea that, yes, it makes complete sense that a companion would fall in love with the Doctor. It makes no sense that the Doctor would fall in love with a companion. Yes. To me, it never made any sense. Didn't make sense with Rose to me either. It just sure. it just doesn't. It just I it never felt right to me. So, I love that relationship between Martha and and uh and, and the doctor and it doesn't hurt that Freema Agumon is incredibly hot. Um <laughs> doesn't help. Doesn't No, doesn't you're right. It doesn't hurt. help at doesn't all. Hurt. It doesn't it doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. Um so I love Martha Jones. Love her. I know she's probably the least popular uh, companion of the uh, Russell T. Davies era. That doesn't bother me. She's my favorite. But then when I met Amy and I got to the end of Series 5, I was like, oh my god, I think Amy is quickly becoming my favorite. Like, I can't... I I, I mean, how how can Moffat possibly screw this up? <laughs> <laughs> She's so good. Am I right, guys? Um, uh, and then series six happened, and I was like, "Oh, that's not looking good." And and I was like, "Oh, well, at least he at least he ended her in a really unexpected, really cool, uh, you know, solid way." And then uh, Wedding in River Song happened. I was like, "Oh, they're not done. Oh, they're coming back for five more a five more episode like reprieve." Uh, okay, like a greatest hits of the pawns. Yeah. Um. And now, uh, and now they're gone. And, and and my my problem, my biggest issue with the ending of this, um, outside of like the plot things, which we've kind of talked about, just outside of just the plot things, okay. We'll we'll we'll, we'll ignore those things because we've kind of already talked about them. But as a character thing, that was the most unearned ending. I mean. It's a thing that if it had happened at the end of Series 6, it would have felt more earned. And if it had happened out of nowhere, it would have felt more earned. But this whole season was a road to this, and it still felt like it came out of nowhere, even though it was being built up. And it was just false. It just rang false. Because if you're setting up them like... We just talked about it in the last episode. I mean, you're you're like you're introduced Brian, Rory's dad, and so you're like, oh look, they have a family and they have life in in London, and it's all these things, and you're getting all of this stuff, and you're like, okay, so they're setting up what their lives are going to be like without the Doctor, post Doctor, 
I'm like, okay, fine. You know, that's good. That's good. I'm glad they're doing that. Finally, it's a little, it's a, it's, 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 it's a little, you know, too little, too late. But whatever. It's at least it's happening. And all of that was for nothing, because <laughs> instead of giving us the ending that made sense, he wanted to get, make us cry. And so he gave us this false ending that did not make me cry at all. I felt zero emotion about this ending because I couldn't make any sense out of it. And it was just it was just dumb. It was a dumb ending. Yeah. For these characters. Yeah. And and he wants to he wanted to give them an ending that was like all fairy tale-ish with like uh and and reminiscent of, you know, their whole like our love can never die thing. And I get that, but you could have done it in a better way. That was a little more and happy. And it's not and that's the thing is I don't I wasn't asking for a happy ending. I was just asking for an ending that felt earned and this did not feel earned. No, it didn't at all. Um <clears throat> here's my problem with this. My problem with the death of the ponds or the the way that um it's uh, the death of the ponds. Okay. Don't try and call okay. it anything else because they disappear and then they're dead. Yes. Okay. So with the death of the ponds uh, yeah. in this episode, Amy and Rory, Amy dies twice. Rory dies three times in one episode. Not just, not just. <laughs> oh in, my god! I didn't even think about. Not that just thing. in one episode. I noticed it this time. Not just in one episode. All within the last fifteen minutes. All in the last oh fifteen minutes, god. you get three times Rory dies, two times Amy dies. Rory dying by himself, heartbreaking, devastating. If that's where you go, fine. We have Amy, you. Moffat is so obsessed with trying to get the have your cake and eat it too that he has Amy and Rory doing the we both go down together moment. Which I mean, if you're gonna do that, fine. Make that the thing you go out on. Just have them disappear. Who cares? Yeah. Like, but have them fix it and then they didn't come back. Yeah, they they say the doctor's the day. just like, oh my god, like. That would have been the most heartbreaking thing if they had done it and it succeeded and then they're like uh, – and they peer back in the graveyard or wherever, Central Park or whatever. And the doctor's like, oh my god, it worked. It worked. It worked. And then he can't find them and then finds their gravestone. Uh-huh. That would have been rough. Yeah. it would have. Oh, it would have been crazy. And it's one yeah. of those things where it's like Moff – I mean Moffat has said before time and time again up to this, he's like, someone dies. I mean it this time. Cheapest end, like cheapest death, like off-screen death. They go off and live their lives for the rest of their life. No, not even a cutaway to see Amy writing the thing. They're showing her typing it, but they won't even show her being happy with with Rory for the rest of her life. And it's like that's it's so bizarre. Like it's the most it's the most insane because he. I mean, it's just like the guy just does not know how to do tragedy to save his life. I'm sorry, the guy does not know how to do tragedy to save his life. Fine. Go for a comedic ending. Go for something that is super schmaltzy and super happy, super happy ever after. But like, my God, like it's it's so it's so cheap. It's so it's so impossibly cheap. Um, there's even the part where this gravestone said R- Rory died eighty two, a- Amy dies eighty seven. Okay, they, so they lived a ripe old age. Did they die on the same day? Because um, I think that one of them outlasted the other, and that's really heartbreaking. Um, by five years. By five Because they're oh, the same age. Which is a long time if you've been traveling with the doctor. Um, <laughs> and it's just like, it's just like, I don't know, I'm struck by the end, but I'm just like, by just like, okay, it's a send-off for the pawns, fine. But 
is this like think about it in all its permutations is this the best way for them to go out like the answer is no like it, it's just not even close not even close and you go for like a double fake out like by the time I swear to you by the time the angel went to go with Rory it's almost laughable like it's almost laughable that it's like really we're still not done we are still not done. They like this isn't enough for them to go. You know what? We care about each other way more than we care about the doctor. We yeah. love you. Do not talk to us again. Well, okay, and there there's two things that are that are like that's how it should have been because that's it's just that's the that would have been the best ending for them. It's beautiful. Like, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like we want our happy ending, but we don't need you to have it. Yeah. Awesome. Go for it. Do the thing. Do it. That's great. Okay. The pro the the with with that with the with the end sequence. Okay. There's two things that really really bug me. One, them going to the past and 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 living their life and everything. We've already seen it. It happened in Blink, and it was done better there. <laughs> if you do this, if you're gonna repeat yourself. You have to improve upon it, and he didn't. Yeah, at all. It was done better in Blink. Yeah, and God, God that's that's all of this though. Like everything that yeah, we, everything everything in, in here was done in Blink, but better. Well, Absolutely. I, I, I'll I'll go I'll go uh, again. I'll go one further. Um, the Doctor running to the last page was just Forest of the Dead. That was like I yep. was like I was like that's Forest of the Dead, and Forest of the Dead did it way better because there was urgency. Like, yeah, but, but yep. and I mean, yeah, it's heartbreaking to see the doctor try to get Amy's last words to him. Like on, a, on an emotional level, that kind of got me. That's not what made me cry. Um, I was like, oh, that's kind of sad. But like, I've seen the doctor make a run for it. But last time it was way awesomer. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, and it's like, OK, fine. You you did that. But like, there there is no like there's no tragedy to this. It's like it's no. literally like poor doctor. You don't get to hang out with the people who overstayed their welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then the other problem I have with it is they said if this works, the paradox will be so strong it will destroy all the angels and the building and all of this will never have happened. And then there's an extra angel and the doctor's way of explaining it is it must have been left over. That's not good enough. I'm sorry. That's not good enough. That is BS. Yeah. That is complete and total BS. I know that it's I know that it's a show and Moffat and anybody writing the show is making it up as they go along anyway because it's science fiction and that's what you do. But if you set up a rule, you pay off the rule. Yeah. Period. That's how science fiction works. Don't just don't, don't set up a rule and then just be like, just kidding. Ha ha. Yeah. No, you can't do that. You can do that with real life rules. Fine. You can do it with real life rules because everybody already knows what the rules, but you can't tell me in a science fiction environment what a rule is and then immediately break the rule. Especially you can't do that. Especially if that rule is is the entire reason for two people committing suicide. Like yeah. that like they just did that and Rory gets zapped back in time for nothing. A B I'm sorry, I'm swearing right now. That is the shittiest send off to Rory I could imagine. At least Amy, at least Amy gets raggedy man goodbye. Fine. If that's your last words, that's fine. Okay, you go with that. 
Rory goes down like a bitch. The the greatest centurion epic love story ever goes down like a bitch shot in the back by a weeping angel and they do nothing with it because God knows that after spending essentially a season, almost two seasons worth of stories in the TARDIS, it's all about Amy and not Rory. Okay. No, you know what this needed? <sighs> you know what this needed to make this just so much more cathartic? This is what should have happened. Okay? You should have shown you should have cut to Rory after after Amy disappears, right? And the and the doctor's like, "Oh god, I lost my friends. Oh, what a world, what a world." Then you cut to Rory in 1938, right? And he appears in 1938 and he's like, "Oh my god, I'm stuck here. I have no one to save me. Nothing. Like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then you just show him living his life for like two months where he goes and he gets a job and an apartment and everything. And then you show Amy appear back there and then she's trying to find Rory. They came in around the same period, but there was like a two month difference. And then you show them reuniting. Yeah. That would have been awesome yeah no, that and been... i would have had tears streaming down my face yeah yeah because i'd be like that like this is so sad but at least they have each other but we didn't get any catharsis yeah and that's why this episode sucks yeah well we we had to do the five minute opener with the detective that's what we needed uh. to have instead of instead of having amy and rory having like a they get to be happy together like all we get is a tombstone like wait for that to be the happy ending that you want um <laughs> Ugh. And it's like, and it's like, it's a crapshoot. Like Amy doesn't even know if she's gonna show up with Rory. Like she yeah. doesn't know at all. And it's like, and it's like, can you imagine just them running towards each other and just like embracing oh and like just uh, oh in, my in, god in New York, like in New York, right? Like, <laughs> like you could make that happen. Like why yeah. not? Like that would be so awesome. That'd be great. That'd be great. And yet, and yet, you have this, and and it's and it's another thing about this. Like, okay. You have Rory at, on the top. You have them jump. Fine. The end of this is Amy chooses Rory over the Doctor, which we have seen so many times before. Like, so many times before. And fine. I get it. That's the point of her character. This is something that's been clear going all the way back to Amy's choice. You know what? You're not making a new statement here. You're not making a new statement. We know that R- Amy will go to the ends of the Earth to be with Rory. We know that. So... Uh, first of all, well, first of all, they have to get a divorce because that's, um, that's how this works. Um, but oh, God. let's not go back to that. Yeah, I'd, I'd almost forgotten. Thank you. Yeah, no, you're welcome. You're welcome. This season about celebrating the pawn started with a divorce. Um, the, <laughs> but you have like, you have, you have Amy and Rory, like talk, like where Amy says, you know what? The doctor's my best friend, but God damn it. I love Rory more than him. And it's coming down to him every time. And it's not even a choice. Like, it's not like, it's not even a choice at this point. Like she, 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 it is, it is her decision. That is where she's going every time. So when you get to Rory disappearing, like that's a foregone conclusion that Amy's going to go with him. But God, we've seen that so many times. Like we've seen Amy give up the entire universe for her husband. Like that was, that's the point of Amy's choice. And it's like, it's just like, again, Moffat is not, is, is, is spinning the wheel and showing us exactly the same thing that we've gotten, only doing it less good one, because we've seen it already, and two, because we know it already. Um, so he doesn't need to go for the emotional jugular. Like, can you imagine if Amy was constantly wrestling? I mean, that's the point of season five is that she chooses. But can you imagine if you see Amy dealing with this sort of idea? But you're not going to do that, because why bother? Um, 
it's 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 a, it's a sadness, and it's um it's really unfortunate because, I mean, Amy will never be one of my favorite companions, and that's really yeah. upsetting. Um, yeah, tremendously, especially because she has, as of this, I think, outstripped every other new companion for longest companion which i mean cynically yeah, cynically i i say as they did it with these five episodes because uh they just wanted her to be the modern tegan um because tegan is like the longest serving companion i think um in the classic series in terms of time or something like that like she beat wow yeah no she beat sarah jane by something like two months or something um so like in my cynical view i think that like they almost did it to do that but like that's just that's just then you're just making her into a statistic like, compare it to, to Donna, who is around for a season, and, like, I mean, compare the compare the ending of Donna to, to here, or, hell, any of the Davies companions. Like, say what you will about Davies, the man knew how to write out his companions. Like, Doomsday, Army of, Go- Army of Ghost Doomsday, and the Master Trilogy, and um, the final two-parter of, of season four, uh, Stolen Earth Journey's End, are phenomenal showcases for their departing companion. Like, it is arguably their best story. I think Donna might be have turned lefty better, but you know what, let's not mince words. How is this a good fitting for departure for Amy or Rory? Like I don't I don't see that. This is this is clearly not Karen Gillen's best episode. This is clearly not Amy's best episode. This is clearly not Rory's best episode and it's clearly not Arthur Darvel's best episode. They do their best with what they're given, but Moffat gives them nothing. And that's like mm-hmm. I mean it's just like it's just like and this is these are the people you're writing out. A B Okay, you have five episodes, and I guess we should just talk about this. We have five episodes, and it's like, this is it, guys. This is what we're doing. This is where we're going, and Amy and Rory are leaving, and this is their send-off. Are these the five episodes you want to be the last five episodes of the greatest companions you ever were? The answer is no. Period. So, I question it. I question it, and I think that it's just like, so far this season's just been a complete failure, and this is really just the complete crash and burn before the finish line. Like, we love the Western episode, right? You and me, we love the Western mm-hmm. episode. Western episode, not a good showing for Amy and, R- Amy and Rory, period. Bottom no, line. No, bar- barely a showing for Rory at all. Yeah, he's, he literally has the thank you when he's, when he's mentioned. I don't even know if he has ten lines in that episode. Um, dinosaurs in a spaceship, I mean... They were okay in it, but it didn't really do anything with them. Power of Three, a little bit better. And Asylum of the Daleks was kind of like, you know, bogus. Um, Mm -hmm. For a lot of reasons. And it's just like, like, this is your send-off. And it's not, I mean, it's not encouraging moving forward. Um, And it's kind of, and it's kind of sad. Like, and and I mean, (laughs) here's the thing. Part that made me cry when, when the doctor is reading the note and Amy says, go visit me as the... That's the best part because it's a total like I loved that yes. because I have always said in 11th hour I was like I guarantee you that's the end of her story right there that's it yeah. I've been saying that since I saw the 11th hour the first time Yeah I was like I bet you anything that's him going back to visit her after she's gone Mhm and that's what it ended up being which is beautiful and awesome and my absolute favorite part about this yes story yes and it but was... it's also the only thing that i like <laughs> but i do love it but i he... love it to pieces here's my favorite thing about that okay here's my favorite thing did you catch the part where amy is like go back and tell her tell her about how she traveled with pirates tell her about how about the roman centurion who waited for her for two thousand years tell her about how she gave inspiration to a painter and tell him about 
the time, tell her about the time that she saved a whale traveling through space. That's, yeah. that's, that's great. All of those things, except for pirates, were in season five. All of them. <laughs> and I mean... Because even Moffat knows season five was better. Which is amazing. Like, and it's like, and it's like, that's just like, and, and I mean, to be fair, okay, fine. Uh, you can't really tell young Amy Pond that her baby will be stolen from her um, and that she'll never get to raise her ever again. But at the end of the day, why not talk about the labyrinth, the Minotaur in the labyrinth, or the time that you hung out with dinosaurs? That is like the, the, the pinnacle, like big flagship thing about this, where it was like dinosaurs on a spaceship. It is the most sellable title in the whole series that Moffat has ever done, period. And you don't even mention it at the end. She hung out with Queen Nefertiti, for Christ's sake, and she won't even mention that? Like, my God! Like, I'm sorry, apologies again, because I'm swearing, but what the fuck? Like, what the fuck is that? Like, that's bullshit. And, like, are you like, are you kidding? Like, you just admitted that season five is better than this shit. Like, are, are you kidding? Step down! Like, if you know that you're not doing your best work, step down. Please, for the love of God, step down or up your game, because I know you can do better. You have done better. Do fucking better. Period. Done. You're not wrong. No, I'm not. You're fucking right I'm not. <laughs> Sorry. Uh... If you have any complaints, questions, or comments, please leave them on the site. I would love to debate this with you. I would love to. Because God knows we're over an hour in, and God knows I don't, I don't, I don't understand how you can defend this. I don't. Please leave comments. Do not leave reviews saying that he swears too much. Because God knows this is the first time I've sworn since the Wedding of River Song. And with good reason. Mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you. <sighs> Don't leave reviews. Guys. <laughs> Seriously. I'm sick of getting reviews from people who say... Like, uh, I don't like their opinion of the show, so this your, your sh- this podcast sucks. Yeah, and God knows, if I hated the show, or if, if I thought too lowly of the show and didn't demand too much, I would not be doing this podcast, and I would not be doing mm-hmm. my vlog. So please don't, like, don't don't think that I'm too hard on my show, because I, I want this You're sh- not hard enough. I, wa- I want this show to be the best show! Like, it is, it is my favorite show ever. It is my favorite show. And, and I just, I demand it be better. I demand it be better. I demand it be as good as it can be. Can you honestly say that this was a better send-off than the God Complex? Can you? The answer is no. The answer is no. Thank you. No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, all right. Well, that's this episode. <laughs> We're getting letters. We're getting letters. Uh, <laughs> no, we're going to get reviews. I know we are. <laughs> We're going to get at least two reviews from people who are angry at us. Just because they're pissed off. Yep. If you, don't, if you don't like our opinions, then go listen to someone else who liked it, please. Just go do that. Just go do yeah. that and save yourself the typing time and just go do that. And don't listen to us. Like, just if you don't like what we have to say, don't listen. There are so many other ones. Just go do that. Please. Go do that. Uh, anyway. All right. Well... That's the show. <laughs> Next week, uh, we're going to be talking about 42 and the 11th hour, um, which will now be extremely bittersweet. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, so 42 and the 11th hour. Uh, hopefully we get through Series 5 before Christmas. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, yeah, so that's 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 that. Uh, Chris Chibnall and uh, Stephen Moffat. <laughs> much like this, much like this half of the season. Um, <laughs> also, also Nick Curran. What happened? <laughs> what happened? Was yeah, it? this wasn't very well directed. Was no, it? well, you know, it turns out when you give someone nothing, they can't do much. As we'll see next yeah. week with Graham Harper. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. All right. Well, uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm twitter.com slash Scott Corelli. Uh, and that's really all you can do for me. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash in. Also, my alternate Twitter account, twitter.com slash commentary, where I'll live tweet basically whatever I'm doing now that I finished Avatar The Last Airbender, which, if you want to know what I thought of Avatar as a series and Avatar Season 3, go listen to The Mind Robbers, because I'll be talking on that soon-ish. Uh, we have a bit of a weird schedule coming up, as we'll talk about. Well, if you listen to the show. Um, uh, but, but I mean, go listen to The Mind Robbers as well. I mean, it's awesome. Uh, we're talking about Dread and Looper, because Dread and Looper both came out, and Scott and I went and go, to go see them, and uh, it'll be a good time. So uh, go listen to us talking about that. That should be up in the next day or so. Um, also, my blog, classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com, where I review classic Doctor Who episodes. This past week, I reviewed the Black Guardian trilogy, Cassandra stepped in on Terminus. But uh, Enlightenment. If you want to see me not hating Doctor Who, go go look at me talk about Enlightenment for, like, however long I talk about it. I had one criticism, and even then it was like, that said, they totally saved it at the end. So, you know, Enlightenment, awesome. Also, Modern and Dead, awesome. Terminus, kind of boring, kind of boring. But, uh, <laughs> but there we go, and that's my blog also this week, uh, talking about Celestial Toymaker, which uh, will be much like this. So... <laughs> <laughs> Lots of yelling. Yeah, well, oh, so much yelling. So much yelling. Why are we spending a whole episode where Dodo and Steven are playing hopscotch? I don't understand. You think <laughs> I'm joking. Sounds... I'm not joking. That is the fourth episode. That does episode. not sound good. No, no, that it's them playing good. hopscotch for an entire episode. That's the whole episode. Um, yeah, that's episode four, so... All right. You have to, uh, well, you have to build to of... that. On the other side of 42 uh, is uh, Day of the Daleks, which is a third Doctor story. Uh, The Macra Terror, which is a a second Doctor story. Pyramids of Mars, which is a fourth Doctor uh, awesome story. And uh, Earthshock, uh, which is a fifth Doctor Peter Davison story. And notable for the death of a companion. So... Uh, that's what's coming on the other side uh, as we uh, wait for the Christmas special and the introduction of the new companion. Which, as far as I know, will have at least three shots in it. So that's something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was just like... You can't even do really? a trailer. You can't even do a trailer. We're this close. You can't even give us a trailer. You did three shots. The Doctor, the bad guy, and the new companion. That's it? Really? We're assuming that's the bad guy anyway. Yeah, well, that's what we're assuming. I apologize if I'm you, wrong. I mean, you can't even show that the Centauran and and, and, and the, the one check is in this. No, just the, do it. Just do a 30-second trailer. Yeah. Why? Well, is that so hard? You shot the whole damn thing. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, all right. We'll, we'll talk to you guys next week. Before you see you. Bye, guys.